Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast. Stop the insanity. Eliminate the chaos. Bring simplicity, probability, and leverage as operating values into your business and personal life so you can do more, earn more, and improve your relationships. This is Business Growth Simplified. Here's your host, Business Finishing School founder, Rick Sapio. Welcome, Business Finishing School community. And you know we like to talk about the three legs of the stool, mindset, principles, and tactics, and financial success. Those are the three legs. On this podcast, I want to talk about the operating principle of long-termism. Specifically, long-termism as an operating principle for your life. And how do you make something an operating principle in your life? You talk about it. You put it on the ground. And it's almost like a value. How do you put a value on the ground in your life? You have to take subjective information and create objective rules around that. So a subjective uh, thing could be, I want to eat healthy. And eating healthy to you might be completely different than eating healthy for someone else. So you've got to operationalize it. You have to put it on the ground. You have to talk about it, create your own principles and values and actions around that. So the big idea when it comes to long-termism is how do you take something soft and how do you create the actions that put something soft on the ground? For example, this year, one of my New Year's resolutions is I want to improve my marriage. A goal without a context and a to-do list and an implementation plan is nothing more than a dream. And it will never get, it'll never get, get done. It's impossible to get done. So what I want to talk to you about is this uh, soft but very important principle of long-termism. And I'm going to use the analogy back to the marriage. If I want to have a better marriage, how can I operationalize that? Well, I could have date night with my spouse every Monday night at 7.30 for 52 weeks. I could have a business meeting to talk about all the utilitarian things in our marriage that seem to come up all the time. We're just going to have a business meeting once a week for one hour to talk about all that stuff. We're going to have dinner every night at home. We're going to spend 15 minutes first thing in the morning sitting on the couch discussing our day. Those are very simple things that you can do to operationalize something very soft like, I want to improve my marriage. So now let's talk about long-termism as a principle. I believe in this absolutely sick world. I say sick because we are physically and mentally sick. I mean, that's a fact. Uh, I read somewhere that we take in the United States 6 billion pills per month. That's every 30 days, 6 billion pills as a country to deal with anxiety and depression and other mental disorders. I would say that we're sick mentally. We're also sick physically. And all you have to do is look around and you can see that we're overweight, where uh, we have high blood pressure, diabetes, all the stuff that you've read about. You have to ask the question, why is that? Why is it that we're sick? And I think it's because of something that no one ever wants to talk about. Long-termism as a principle is absent from our society in all regards. 
it's absent when you see that the average person has 13 careers as an adult. It's absent when you see all the gimme it now culture. We can't go to a store to buy something. We want it drop shipped to our home by Amazon or someone else, or better yet, a drone so we don't have to deal with a human being. We want stuff this second. If it takes a minute for our computer to reboot, that's not good. We need a solid state computer that reboots in 10 seconds. Everything is now, now, now. And what it's caused is this massive societal anxiety, which expresses itself in mental and physical sickness across the board. But real fulfillment in life comes from a long-term perspective. Long-termism, way of looking at life. In other words, long-termism as an operating value for your life. So let me ask you this question. If you knew that you wanted your marriage to last for 50 more years, okay? Let's assume that you're listening to this podcast and you're 45, you wanna to live to be 95 and you want your marriage to last for another 50 years. Assuming you and your spouse are 45, what happens? If you wanna to live to 95 and be happily married or just married, I would say, <laughs> for 50 more years, how do you operationalize that? You would start working on your marriage. You would start working on your health. You would start painting a picture of what your life looks like 10 years from now and 20 years from now and 30 years from now and 40 years from now. Where do you live? What are you and your spouse doing? How are you maintaining the relationship? How are you enlivening the relationship? How are you adding romance to the relationship? And when you think from a long-term perspective about any aspect of your life, whether it's your finances, whether it's your spirituality, your faith, any of your relationships, really your business, anything, when you start shifting your focus from a very short-term got to do this now, 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 to zooming up 50,000 feet, looking decades into the future. It informs what you do now. So to go back to an example that's easy to get is if I know that I want to live to be 100 years old, I'm not going to drink a bottle of whiskey every day. I'm not going to put drugs in my body. I am not going to wear my body out physically and mentally. I am not going to wait to have my teeth cleaned and my body checked up and my blood pressure checked and all of that. I am going to make decisions today that affect the long term. So when you have that view and it's crystal clear of whatever you're doing long term, it informs today. I have with me right here, for those that are listening, you can't see it, but I'm holding up my family placemat. And the family placemat was something that my wife and I created when uh, Melissa was pregnant with our first child. We said, what do we want our family to stand for 100 years from now? This was 12 years ago. We have not changed anything on the family placemat except one spot where it says uh, we will be seven members strong, which meant we're going to have five children. Well, we have four children my, and my wife said the store is closed. For her sake, I took that off because our kids were saying, mommy, when are we having another sibling? But the reality of this situation is we took a, a concept, long-termism, we put it into our family by way of a family placemat. We just created it, we made it up, and it's a, a document that sits on our table, it's permanent. Our kids see it every day that sits in front of every seat at the table. 
Sometimes our guests come over and they take them with them. So we've had thousands of them printed over the years. But it's a permanent representation, an objective representation of a soft thing like family values, like long-termism, like commitment. So anything, I believe, can be objectified. If you were to look at the businesses that you appreciate and you look up to and you respect, those businesses took soft values, they wrapped them in a long-term filter, long-termism, and they operationalized them. When you go back and you look at a company which was founded in the early 70s called Southwest Airlines, which was a small, tiny, uh, not well-respected airline, especially by the major players, they started small with a very clear set of values, a very long-term perspective, and they spent most of their time strategizing on what they weren't going to do. We're not going to have meals like every other airline. We're just going to have peanuts. We're not going to do flights longer than an hour. We're just going to stay in Texas. We're not going to change and add different planes to the fleet. We're just going to have this one plane. We're not going to do what everybody else is doing, like assigned seating, which causes chaos. So I think a lot of uh, operationalizing of soft things like values, especially something like long-termism, it takes a massive commitment to never compromise in your life. That's what's interesting about this topic. We're often looking for ways to get what we want now and we're willing to compromise. I was talking to a girl who's single actually this morning and I used this example. I said, if you are looking to get married, and you made a concrete list of these 30 attributes of the perfect man that I want to marry and spend the rest of my life with. And that's a concrete list. You're not going to budge. You tell everybody about that list and you say, I'm not budging. And let's say, for example, that one of the criteria is, and I'm just making this up, one of your criteria is you don't want to marry a person who's been married twice before. And you tell the whole world, here's my list of 30, and I'm not going to compromise on it. And the first date you go on, you show up and the guy's been married 12 times and you tell everybody, I think I met the man of my dreams. Your network is going to say, but wait a minute, you said you don't want someone who's been married before and now they've been married 12 times. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but he's perfect. What happens is you compromise and then you enter into an absolutely destructive, chaotic relationship and it spills over into all areas of your life. This is what happens when we compromise on creating an objectified way to put a value or something soft on the ground like long-termism. So let's talk about long-termism specifically. I wanted to set the stage. If you really are committed or you really know this is the right thing to have a long-term focus in your life, why would you want to do that? You want to do that because it cuts all the crap out of your life, or I would say most of the crap, you're always gonna have to deal with people all around you that can be toxic at times, that are focused on short-termism, that are focused on here now, materialism and all the other things. But the fact of the matter is, if you can put long-termism on the ground as an operating value for all decisions that you make in your life, you're gonna start thinking about things very differently. You're going to start attracting different things into your life. You're going to have massive life fulfillment. Life fulfillment is born out of picking a path, executing on that path, and patting yourself on the back for sticking to your guns. Not to brag, but 
those people that have stuck to their guns and been married 60, 65 years, I know one couple 65 years, they're incredibly fulfilled. They've left an incredible legacy for their kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids. So the question I have for you is, if you think long-termism is important, how can you operationalize it in your life? What do you think would be the benefits of having long-termism as a principle for which all decisions are run through as an operating strategy? So when I say operating strategy, what I mean by that is, you can say, you know, I'm religious and I like to go to church. As an example, you look at your life, you look backwards and you say, wow, well, I'm religious, I like to go to church, but I've only gone three times in the last five years. What it means is you've taken this value called religion or faith, but you never operationalized it. So what's vitally important in my opinion is, because I've seen it with my own eyes, I've seen it with my friends and family members and neighbors and people in business who've embraced long-termism as an operating value, long-termism as an operating principle, long-termism as a way of being. All of a sudden, anxiety drops, health improves, results improve, relationships improve, because what happens is you become more of a magnet. People want solid ground under them. They want solid people in their life. They want things that are long-term in nature. Now, they may not be expressing that by the way they live, but when they find it, when they find it, they grab onto it. And this is a quote, if you want to inspire others, lead an inspired life. Let me repeat that. If you want to inspire others, lead an inspired life. So I feel like all too often in life, we're trying to push an agenda on other people. We're trying to sell them on a point of view. For all those that are into politics and news and big medical, ugh, it's crazy how many of us are pushing an agenda on somebody else. I think if instead you pick a path, you beat your drum week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, what happens is you begin to attract the right people into your life. They'll find you. They'll find you because they've learned over time that you are committed to the things that come out of your mouth. And long-termism is one of those principles that I think, I've seen it, is very attractive. When people know that you're operationalizing in your business, in your personal life, in your health, and in your relationships, long-termism, what it does is it creates this aura around you because it's so unique, it's so counter-cultural. It's so powerful. And at the end of the day, it's fulfilling as all get out. The people that have this long-termism way of looking at the world, they're not frazzled. They're not always behind. They're not late. They know what their life's about. And so my goal with this podcast is to really uh, talk to the small percentage of you, the very small percentage of you, that want to beat this drum of long-termism with me. And it's really what caused the 100-year brand to be born. And the four books that we're in the process of writing and finishing up right now are The 100-Year Saving Solution, The 100-Year Money Mindset, The 100-Year Family, and The 100-Year Business, all to allow the world to see this as an alternative to the nonsense of the day, which is short-termism, or die. And that's exactly what's happening. 
people are embracing short-termism. You know, it's really quite crazy when the anecdote is so easy and there's really no downside. Oftentimes when you have to take medicine for something, there's a downside. There's, you know, what's the negatives? If I take this drug, what will happen to me? And sometimes the negatives far outweigh the positives. With long-termism as an operating value, an operating principle in all areas of your life, I don't see any downside. If this is not something that resonates with you, it will. It will over time. Thanks for listening. This is Rick Sapio signing off. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.